you are listening to. No, that isn't me, and it sure isn't you, and I'll be helping you to step into who you are. So let's start that again. Welcome to Beyond the Brand with me, Carly. This podcast is all about inspiring you to align with your brand and your business to attract who you want to. We'll also be delving deeper into how you show up, especially if, like me, you're a little bit neuro-spicy, or as I call it, neuro-amazing, because that is what we are. We'll be looking at what can stop you from showing up as you, with brilliant guests every two weeks, who will be helping me talk all of this through too. You might want to grab a journal or a notebook for all the inspiration, top tips, and just chances to reflect that you're about to hear. So let's get on with this week's episode and help take you beyond the brand. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to September's book club podcast episode. Okay, I say September, this is going to be released more like mid September to the third week. I'm running slightly behind. This is normally the first of each month. But if you follow me on Instagram or if you've listened to episode 25, my last solo episode, it then you'll know I am just getting my flow back as such, which is kind of what we start to talk about in this episode, as well as episode 26 with Natalia Comis. So yeah, I am getting back to it after the summer holidays and I will get back on track with this book club. But it is still September's book club and the book in question is Get Rich, Lucky Bitch by Denise Duffield-Thomas. What a book. Even better, I get to chat all about this book with a very good friend of mine, one of my absolute business besties, Sarah Atkins. Sarah is a coach specialising in human design, which actually is going to be coming up very soon when I invite Sarah back to talk specifically about human design and how finding your design can really help you to step into who you are, which is step one of my soul model. So Sarah also describes herself as a life and business alchemist. She helps chaotic thinkers to gain clarity, find flow and create alignment. It all goes so hand in hand with what I do. And for this chat, it was brilliant because we really delved deep on this. We looked at the core of why we want to release our money blocks and live a first class life, the blocks and more about them, where they can come from and how this book has impacted both of our lives in such a positive way. It can really stop you from stepping into who you are, from owning your brilliance, aligning with your dream clients, rate us all. It can stop all of that, all these limits that we put on ourselves. So yeah, without further ado, I will hand you across to the conversation myself and Sarah had. It is quite a long one, so you can may want to do this in two sittings or a long journey or just grab a cuppa and gift yourself this time. It is well worth it. Whether you've read the book or not, if you haven't read it, you might want to read it first and come back to this episode. If not, we talk through so many key elements. Do come and find myself and Sarah through all the links in the show notes. And we would love to know if this inspires you to take positive action when it comes to your money mindset and anything else that you take away from this book. Enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome to this month's book club episode. It is a little bit late out, I must admit. I've said this over the last few weeks on my socials that, yeah, the summer was quite a testing one and I'm just getting my flow back. So this was the first of September's book club. It has just become September's book club. That's how I might roll from now on. So yeah, I'm so excited about this. It's a book I've been reading for a few months and I get to chat to one of my business besties. So I'm chatting to Sarah Atkins, who I'll say hi to in a second because I always forget that part. But yeah, we are chatting through a book that 
actually we almost like formed a mini book club together to read this we've been sharing insights all the way through so i know this is going to be such a great chat because it's really impacted both of us in a really positive way so yeah sarah hi and how are you i'm really good thanks carly i'm so excited about talking about this book like you said we've shared insights all the way through and actually i can honestly say it's probably been one of the most impactful books on my own money mindset and practices um there's some really good actionable things that have made a big difference yeah it really has hasn't it you know it's it's easy to pick up a book and be quite flippant with it and think yeah it's a bit of a game changer it takes some parts of it but actually for me and I know for you because like I said we've been talking about this actually huge shifts in the way we think about money the way we are open to money I mean we're going to delve into all this in a minute well shortly but just the way, yeah, the way money has been a part of our life. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, let's talk about, I don't know. I don't know where to start actually with it. There's just so much, isn't there? So should we, should we start with summarising a little bit about what it's about and then we'll delve into it? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, I think if you are a woman and you want to make money and you want to be richer and you want to be abundant, then you need to read it. And I think that's where this is diff- a different book to all of the other books that I've read on this kind of subject because she really focuses on the wealth of women and those stories that we tell ourselves as a woman and the conditioning starts from childhood. Yeah, this is it, isn't it? It goes quite deep and it's not just about, again, the the title, you know, Get Rich Lucky Bitch, it's almost a little bit tongue-in-cheek, it's a bit playful. You don't really know what you're getting with this book, I don't think. It almost sounds a bit too good to be true and yeah quite fun and then as you get going it actually gets a little bit deeper it challenges you doesn't it in places to really think about where those stories come from but yeah the other premise of it I'm just going to even look at the cover we've we've both got copies of the books with us we have to we will keep referring to parts and even on the cover it's release your money blocks and live a first class life and again I think it's easy to look at that and think well especially when you it depends where you're at with your money mindset journey but I know I looked at that and thought Okay, yeah, here we go again. It's another get rich quick book. You know, you have all these coaches and mentors in the world that lean into that as well. But let's break it down. You know, what is so different about it? What makes it stand out for you? Well, do you know what? And this, I've had this book probably for about, and this is why we ended up forming our own book club because you had a similar situation. I know it'd been sitting on my bookshelf probably for about 18 months. Yeah. And because I'd heard lots of recommendations, and do you know what? the title actually put me off and it's funny because obviously when you kind of get into the book she really questioned herself about naming it that but then it kind of explains through the book why she calls and actually her program she refers to them as lucky bees rather than lucky bitches yeah but I had a real thing about the word like lucky bitch and it's like well actually it's kind of, I don't know, just the language itself kind of put me off. But I have to say, the way it's written, and I mean, when she, so start, starting from the story, the very sort of beginning, and I, like the first couple of chapters, I was like, holy moly. Okay, <laughs> now I get it. Yeah. Um, when she was just talking about actually women plus money plus power equals bitch and that is what we are conditioned to believe 
from the very first Disney movie that you watch, maybe, I mean, for me, and we're a very similar age, it was like 101 Dalmatians. Cruella was like evil. Yes. But she was rich. She was successful. And like I grew up in the era of like Dynasty and Dallas with Alexis Carrington and she was a rich bitch. And they actually refer to them as that Um, working girl with Melanie Griffiths and Sigourney Weaver. Like she was powerful, but she was also a bitch. And it's like, we're conditioned just even through that subliminal messaging that actually as women, if we're powerful and if we're rich, we are bitches. And that's just, that that kind of blew my mind. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And this is what we say about this, this book starts to really go deep mm. because it's all these things that we pick up along the way that so we don't even realise we've, we've, that that because I was the same as you actually the title and it probably is lucky bitch but it's probably the rich word as well I think it's probably yeah. a bit of both that in fact yeah you look at that and I'm almost like putting my hand over the get lucky and it is just rich bitch so those two words in a sentence they are going to be like red flags that straight away we probably don't even know why and sometimes that's so many things in life that it, you you kind of go oh I don't know why I don't like that yeah but it doesn't take long like so within the book with our own subconscious I guess just to dig a little bit and think that's where it comes from it's everything that we've been brought up to believe and then she starts to pick that apart because once you're sort of aware of it that's one part of it isn't it yeah the next bit is it's not so easy just to turn off how many years you know like say a similar age and let's let's not disclose too much about age but you know that's a long (laughs) time to go back and start to pick that apart yeah so yeah, where do where do we start? And let's let's look at from what Denise sort of shares. We should say actually the author Denise Duffield Thomas. We've not even said that yet. Or Denise yes. DT. Or we'll just refer to her as Denise. That so she's our we know her really. We, uh, on social media, I don't. I think you're the same, Sarah. Sometimes Denise is really good at, or maybe her team. But I like to think it's Denise. Yeah, you'll tag and she will share, and it's always yeah. quite a nice feeling, isn't it? She's very. It much really like is. It absolutely is. So I think I've because I'm like a, not a stalker in a stalkery way, but she posts. <laughs> and shares some quotes and you just think every now and then it like really hits home so you share it with your audience like you know we all do with social media but yeah you're right she's so good or her team are so good at picking out people and kind of reciprocating yes and like even just from a personal level that makes you feel so good so I mean there's a reason she's so successful and it's she's managed to maintain successfully in my opinion the work ethic she is a successful mother she does have you know an amazing life she's very open about that but equally she still struggles and she shares some of her own like upper limit problems that you know and we'll go into that like later on in the book but she's normal she's human she makes mistakes but she owns them forgives herself and kind of moves on um yeah and she's quite generous with her resources she's quite generous with you know sharing her knowledge and just you know spreading yeah. a bit of abundance around really yeah and that's interesting actually I feel like we've, I probably this is me I always do it take a slightly off track but it actually all comes back that just back to the the wording of rich bitch and what the connotations are of being a bitch Actually, if you look at the author, Denise, so we'll just call her Denise. But, yeah, but Denise is super down to earth. She's still mm-hmm. got that really warm quality about her that actually you would never think rich bitch. So actually, she's probably no. that, you know, when we, if maybe this, if this is flagging it up for people about those associations with the word rich, 
she's living proof, I guess, that it doesn't have to be like that, does it? No. And I think that's the other thing is that you get the impression, even just on her socials, um, interviews that I've watched her do, deliver. Um, I'm on her newsletter list as well. And obviously, yeah, I, I am aware. I'm not completely oblivious. Like, I am aware that she's got a team that does all of this. And she talks again in her book about her inability as she was scaling up her business to let things go because she felt that she had to do all of the work so I am aware that she's got a whole team around her doing it but she comes across as being the sort of person that if you know if you went to an event of hers or if you saw her in the street and sort of walked up to her like she would be like who she is she's not it's not like a a facade it's not like a persona or anything and Mm -hmm. and I do think She's probably a leading light in a new wave of what I would call successful female business owners who are kind of creating that new story that they, you know, that yes, they're successful. Yes, they're mothers or their family. They run their own family households and um, but they are successful. They have money and that's okay. Other people that spring to mind, you've got um, Carrie Green who was a new mum last year, I think it was. Um, And, you know, she's massively successful and she's shared some of her own kind of juggle and they're not kind of putting up this front of aloofness, this kind of like I'm better than everybody else. It's like, no, 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 they're still getting their hands dirty, but they are still successful and approachable too. Yeah. And even from just listening to that, because I I should have said this right at the beginning, because my this podcast is all about sort of you putting yourself out there, you as your personal brand. But this all links and just the power of personal branding that that is, as we just said about Denise there. But it all links because let's bring it back to, I guess, why we want to release our money blocks. And I think for me, going full circle, I I don't think I answered my original question about how we start to unpick this. So we'll come to that, Sarah. We will go off in different directions. (laughs) But just back to how it holds us back and why this work is so important. I guess for me, it's, you know, it stops us even from being visible. And I know we've chatted about this before, about that fear of success. It stops us from increasing prices. There's there's all these blocks, isn't there? And it does come back to exactly what we've talked about that rich equals bitch but let's bring it back to that from a personal point of view or just why it's so important to just tackle this now well for those of you who are kind of in the woo woo curious maybe camp or even just fully embracing the woo woo those of you who are kind of have an interest you will know that we're we've kind of moved into the Aquarian age which is the the divine feminine energy and I think it's really interesting to see from an observational point of view, like, a you know, that more and more women are kind of stepping up and embracing more of that feminine energy. Even some of the, you know, male, prominent male leaders, um, successful male business owners or, you know, leaders in country, they're embracing more of that kind of softer feminine energy. And I think, you know, it's it's all part of this huge wave going on. And... I think the more women that can embrace that wealth, release those money blocks, become successful, the world, the planet will be in a better state because with more of that feminine energy in positions of power and control, the more we give back. I believe, I can't remember the exact statistics, but 
they said that um, female successful female business owners are more likely to donate to charities. Wow. Um, and there was, I think it's Jeff Bezos's ex-wife. Um, she was noted last year for making the biggest charitable contribution of any person on the planet um, so far. She broke records. It was I can't remember who she donated to. It was across like loads of charities. But she, as part of her divorce settlement, obviously became a very, very rich lady. But she's chosen to set up charitable foundations and she does it without shouting about it. She just kind of goes about and does her charitable work. And then there was a documentary I saw recently um, mm. on Princess Anne, who ironically, and they were kind of tracking her story about how she was very um, criticized, heavily criticised in the press for being very rigid, very um, not very warm and fuzzy, um, very official. and But she does a enormous amount of charitable work and now she's been recognized as being like a leader she she is the way that she is but she gets the work done and actually to those people who work closely with her like she works really hard she's obviously successful she runs a business herself um and yes she has royal duties but you know, she's female and successful. And that has fed down into her daughter, Zara, uh, who has a very strong work ethic. And yeah. and we're seeing more and more of these positive role models. This is why this work is so important around money and women. It, it really is. And yeah, women in, we are talking about women in powerful positions, but without having to like to show the power and that's where you will feel the shift i mean i was laughing as you were i was laughing to myself as you said that sarah about um jeff jeff what's his the surname i can never jeff say Bezos, it. Yeah. Bezos. about their settlement because you think about that she she's donated to charity and she probably will with the divorce settlement and he's gone into space so you, you can you can see them the shift in power with money can't you there about where yeah. the priorities are and that's a perfect example of us giving back so yeah i think like i say it's for the better good but even on a personal level you know we're talking your know, listeners are probably coaches entrepreneurs it's just so important isn't it to just bring that back about stepping into i don't want to say stepping into our power that that probably switches the language straight away to towards that power of money but just to release those blocks to set ourselves free to just yeah, I don't know. But something I got a real sense of was that we limit ourselves. And that's something yeah. I've really taken from this book is like, who am I to kind of put a cap on what I can earn or the limit? And I think so many of us do it, don't we? Absolutely. And I think there's also some work around the language of abundance. So one of the really actionable points, and we had this conversation the other day, um, is about tracking your abundance. And she has a um, Denise has set up an app. It is free for those on iOS, Apple. I don't know if it's one on Android. I don't think there is, but it is called Lucky Bitch. It's free to download. And all it is, is it's like a, it's a finance abundance tracker, but it breaks it down into lots of different categories. So it's not just about money. It's not just about business income. It could, you can log if somebody sends you a gift or if somebody does something nice for you and and for me, this year, I was very conscious. It was my youngest son's last year of being, like, not in school. 
and I wanted to take August off. Obviously, automatically, in my head or in the back of my head, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not earning any money. I'm not earning any money. Panic. <laughs> but yeah, which is that panic. And then when you kind of go into that, it moves you into that um, mindset of lack and scarcity. And I carried on tracking on the app because I do have some income, recurring income streams. I do, I, and we, there was other things that happened. So like we, I was, um, gifted a an online course um I signed up for a free course and you know that starts next week I did another one last week that was also came to me free um a friend of mine I um amazing beautiful friend of mine who we've been friends for over 30 years and again going back to aging myself but (laughs) um we booked in with her campsite and she insisted that we didn't pay for it so we kind of effectively almost got a holiday for free and and um somebody else sent me uh, a book because they thought they saw it and it's all of these things it's like okay so I may not have been having that money coming in but all of those little things that came in all of those little things that happened that is abundance that is and those things are coming to me so by tracking those on the app and acknowledging, like placing your focus on the things that are coming in, that keeps you in that abundance mindset. And it's not necessarily just about money. It's about feeling wealthy in all areas of your life. Yeah, I love this. And this is one of the pointers that I've made. We've both made a couple of notes. We're not really probably using them so much because we could just chat about this book all day, (laughs) I think, because that is a huge thing that I took from this. You know, it's easy to pick up a book like this or to start business or just in life to think rich and wealth equals money. Of course, it comes into it and there's all those feelings of safety and security it brings. But yeah, that point you just made and the point that Denise makes is that yeah it's, it's what makes you feel rich it, what what is wealth to you what is abundance to you and it is just abundance is just a flow isn't it so it's all those good things that are coming into your life and the steps you know what something i really want to talk about there is oh, we're talking we're kind of going to manifestation here aren't we yeah but i love the idea of just surrounding ourselves with the positive thoughts around that so you touched on it there about the lack mindset it would have been so easy for you in august to be in that sort of to stay in that zone before the book possibly you might have done I don't know we we, who knows what the effect has been on this book but I know certainly this book has changed my mindset in that sense that it stopped my thoughts and every time I feel like I'm going to lack I've switched on the gratitude I've looked for other things coming in so yeah those points that you made there but yeah it's all about that positive energy isn't it it is I mean I'm you know me I'm, I'm very much about the energetics around things and I mean it's you know, it's my business, it's what I do. And the more I kind of delve into the energetics, and we know that money is just an energy. It's not, especially in this day and age. I mean, when was the last time you actually handled and paid for something with like hard cash? <laughs> yeah. Everything is, is, it's just an energy. And when you start looking at money as an energy and It's about a flow of energy in particular. And again, Denise talks about this, and this is probably one of my biggest lessons. When I looked at my own money archetype, I am an accumulator. Um, I I like, I feel safe and I feel secure when I have got money in my savings account, when I have got, you know, and by doing that, I'm almost a hoarder. And this helped me uncover one of the stories. And I, like, 
when I used to get my pocket money, I used to save it. I never used to spend it. I used to save it. So I would accumulate it. And that's something that I've always done. My parents worked really hard. I saw them struggle through the recession in the 80s and then again in the, the, the sort of late 90s. We lived through 15% interest rates on mortgages. And, you know, so I obviously you then take on those money stories of like, oh, no, you're, you've got to hoard it because you never know what's going to happen. Like, so I've always saved and hoarded for that like potential recession rainy day rather than. And that kind of puts you into a sense of lack as well. And what I've realized by doing that, it's almost like being in a relationship with a boyfriend. Um, if you were clinging on to them and holding on to them and being so possessive over it, like pretty soon they're going to want to disappear because they don't, you know, they don't want to be there. So actually what you're doing is repelling the energy around the money. And we know that energy flows better. We all talk about flow is such a buzzword at the moment. And like we need that flow. And actually, by hoarding that money, I'm blocking that flow. Yeah. So you need to, and there's that, there's really good sayings around like you've got to speculate to accumulate. And that I believe is very related to increasing that flow. And when you start thinking about one of the massive mindset shifts that helped me is like actually, okay, by buying that. A coffee at the coffee shop what am I doing well actually I'm paying the cafe owner which means that she can then pay wages and pay her suppliers and those suppliers will pay the you know the coffee growers and it's it's about increasing that flow and actually improving that and spreading that money energy around so and that was the other big lesson, I think, is actually rather than thinking, oh, God, I want, you know, 10K months or I want to be a millionaire. She doesn't say to kind of go straight to that. It's about making those little incremental changes. Yeah. Start small. Like, so if, you know, you might walk past the coffee shop and go, oh, I can't really afford a coffee today. It's like, OK, you might not be able to afford a coffee every day why not today okay we'll do it today and then leave it a few days and then do it again so and then it's just or she talks about beauty products and stuff rather than going for like the cheap budget one don't go like up to the 50 quid face cream straight away but maybe spend a few extra pounds because you're worthy and it's it's about gradually upgrading your sense of self-worth and increasing that flow and the flow increases the more you kind of work with it yeah, I love this. And there's two pointers you picked up on there that I want to chat about. The first one is actually, I don't know if this came from this book, but it definitely reaffirmed it to me. And it's probably from, actually, I was on a course and myself and Sarah, we've, we've done numerous courses and masterminds over the years as such. Yeah. I say over the years, not just about three years, but actually in business world, that feels like a long time, doesn't it? We've been through a lot <laughs> yes. together. And we run a course with James Wedmore and he's very much this, isn't he? He's very much abundance mindset. Yeah. He's very much about the flow and energy of money. And I remember something he said that's always stuck with me. And it's one of the things I've actually put into practice and felt good for doing was just going to a restaurant and, you know, rather than when the bill comes thinking, oh, you know, that initial fear and panic that what is yeah. this going to be? You don't look at it. Then you don't want to give a tip because, you know, we're in that, that 
almost like clenched. You can feel yourself sort of closing up at moments like that. And I've tried to really be expansive and think, no, it's okay. Because like I say, it's paying the staff. It feels good. The money's flowing through me. So then I've given more of a tip knowing yeah. that that goes to the staff and, and just, just changing my thinking on it. So that was a big one for me. And, and Denise has definitely reaffirmed that sort of mindset. It's always good to top it up, isn't it? Something you've learned in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we both know, you know, like being in the coaching world that we work in, it's another level, another devil. Yeah. Like each time you uncover a story and you think, oh, yeah, smashed it. <laughs> no, no there's something else that comes up and it's like that it's that peeling back of the onion onion skin and I mean she refers to it herself one of the other like really powerful books is um The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks yes I did that on was it June's book club so do check that out if you're listening um love that book love it it's so good and it's we all have our own upper limit problems and each time you hit that glass ceiling it's about not staying within your comfort zone. It's about, okay, what do I need to do to kind of go through that? And she talks about that in her book. She's like, each time she started getting complacent or she started feeling the flow, like, you know, you're kind of stepping out of your comfort zone and then you kind of, your ego wants to bring you back in again because you think, oh no, I can't. She said even like her successful days, like, oh, you know, on her abundance app I've you know smashed it I've hit my income goal for today that's brilliant that was a fluke I won't do that again that in itself is your upper limit it's like okay so what what do I need to forgive what story do I need to work through in order to get through that and expand up to the next level and it's just each layer each layer and it's interesting I don't know if anybody follows Catherine Zenkina the manifestation babe Okay, no, I know of her, but I've not, I don't follow, follow myself, I don't think. So she shared a story on Instagram um, a few days ago, and she's just had her most successful launch ever. It's like a $3 million launch, I think. Wow. <laughs> um, she's got a team of 15 people that work with her, and she shared a story about how she completely freaked out, kind of retreated back into herself, was like, oh my God, how am I going to deliver? And it, and it was, she was really vulnerable about, you know, even though I am considered by the rest of you as being really successful, you still, I still had that upper limit. So she said, I got everything I knew, all my toolkit out, EFT tapping to kind of tap through that and release that block, um, working with her own coach, working with you know just kind of working on her affirmations doing some meditation and just trying to shift and work through like what's the story um because I mean she's a Russian if anybody that doesn't know she's a Russian immigrant so into America and like she you know her grandmother very sort of staunch Russian eastern bloc kind of woman was like you know you must get a trade you must do this you must go to school you must and it's like it's she still has those stories that kind of come up for her um and I I just I love it when again female leader is successful leader sharing those vulnerabilities and actually leading the way and and going do you know what this is what I I am worthy I am deserving I give back and it's okay to be successful 
Yeah, and it's, that's something actually Denise touches on in the book about even celebrities with, you know, celebrities that go bankrupt, you know, mm. that we all have these stories and it's not necessarily about the wealth and well, the, the income that you have or the, the money you've got coming in. It is about these blocks and it's so key to know and even that story then shows that. And interestingly enough, as you said that, again, challenging my thoughts because even my first reaction to 3 million, my, my gut reaction was, oh, oh, I can never get to that. You yeah. know, oh my God, yeah, I can't even relate to that. And then, yeah, as you were talking, I, I literally, as we're recording this, sort of talked myself out of that. It's back into that, why am I limiting myself? Yeah. You know, what, who am I to do it? These other people out there doing this. So why can't we? And that's yeah. definitely a mindset I've stepped into, an energy I've stepped into, that it is almost like the sky's our limit. And it's a real cliche, but with the right support team around us and definitely that mindset. And that's kind of what Denise, that's what the book is about, isn't it? It's almost yeah. like a, you can do this. Yeah. And addressing all the reasons why we think we can't. Yeah, well, I mean, she's got a really simple step-by-step plan. I've, I've marked it here. Um, well, like this, very professional. This is good. Well, I don't know about <laughs> that. but um, <laughs> So her kind of money manifesting formula is a five-step formula. And it's very, very simple. So obviously, your step one is about decluttering. And it's about kind of getting clear of everything that you want to shift and release and that could be you know I don't know old clothes that you know you think because this this step this five-step formula can be applied to everything it doesn't just have to be relevant to money so for example like say you want to lose weight I don't know we've all gained a bit of excess weight during the lockdowns Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but and we buy new clothes because the old ones don't fit yet we hold on to those old clothes in the vague hope that actually we'll be able to get back into them. But actually that is limiting you. Mm. It's like a weight around your neck. It's like added pressure. It's like, well, actually, if you lose weight, surely you're just going to want to go and do a new shopping spree rather than focusing on trying to get into the old you. And this is about upgrading and up-leveling yourself. So it's about forgiving yourself. It's about sort of saying, okay, I accept that, you know, I've gained weight or I've, you know, accumulated this debt. I know why I forgive myself. I'm, you know, I'm committed to kind of shifting this, bringing in more income or shifting this excess weight and like up leveling myself. So it's about decluttering everything in your life. So getting rid of toxic patterns, behaviors, literally physical clutter, um, all of those things, mental and physical clutter. Then you've got step two, which is getting clear on what you actually want rather than sending mixed messages. And there was a bit later on in the book where she talks about, you know, every day she would journal. It's like, actually, I really want a 5K month. Oh, no, do I I want to make 50 grand? And what what do I want my yearly income to be? And (laughs) she wasn't getting clear on what it was. So if you kind of look at the law of attraction, it's it's about kind of getting really clear in your like and getting to the core of what it is that you actually want so if you're working with a coach you can do this with your strengths values and beliefs that kind of stuff um for me with I the work that I do with human design it's about really tapping into your inner knowing like what excites you don't look at what everybody else have got because this is about really tapping into your core and what you want and then step three 
is about focusing on that positive energy, surrounding yourself with positive relationships, positive interactions with people. And this isn't about toxic positivity. I want to get really clear on that. It's about acknowledging where you are and what you can draw more into, what you can lean more into. It's not about bypassing. Like if you're in 20 grand's worth of debt, it's not about bypassing and trying to ignore that. Obviously, it's about, okay, I've got this debt. What can I actively start doing to pay something off? So I think maybe she says surround your life with positivity. I think optimism is possibly a better word Mm. for that because optimism suggests that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's accepting where you are now. Love that. Yeah? Yeah. And then step four is taking inspired action. And that is like getting, taking those steps. This isn't about, and this is what I really love about this book. This isn't about kind of meditating putting an intention out, I want to attract £10,000 a month income recurring and then sitting on your ass and doing nothing. <laughs> yes. It's not about that. It's about actually, okay, reverse engineering. This is what I want. This is how I'm going to get it. And these are the steps that I need to take. Yeah, that's what, again, you've hit the nail on the head. That's what I love about this book. It's not just pie in the sky, woo-woo, I will sit and wait and I'll be open to receive and it will just flutter down from the sky to me. It's about actually, yeah, get that all in order. So you've got to be channeling the right positive vibes. You can't be attracting the negative back. You've got to get out of that like mindset. But like you said, that you've got to put the action and the steps in place as well. This is, she's, she's good in that sense because she makes you do the work. It's, it's not just that it's just going to fall on your lap, is it? She, she makes you take that action. Absolutely. And even if it's the case of like when she was talking about um, when she was on maternity or supposed maternity leave with her first baby, she was still sitting in the bed typing her weekly emails oh, yeah. because she really struggled letting go. And she's like, it's not like her problem was not that she wasn't prepared to do the work, but the fact she wasn't delegating and she had some of these issues. And again, like she was saying about stepping into the leader that she wanted to be. And when she started digging underneath those old stories, it came back to being in school, like being criticised for being too bossy. Like she always initiated like school clubs or she was involved in the um, planning committee for her prom and, and stuff like that. But she was constantly worried about, oh, you know, people think that I'm always seeking attention or I'm too much or uh, but she was just really organised and really motivated. And, and that's OK. We need people like that in the world. But she was so worried about what people thought of her. Um, and she said she had this one incident where somebody did actually come out, shout at her and call her like she was such a bossy bitch, that kind of thing. And she was always told, oh, you're so bossy, Denise. You're always telling us what to do. And she's like, but when she kind of dug in underneath that, she realised that actually that was kind of holding her back from being the leader that she was meant to be, which was then stopping her delegating. So she confessed that she had she had an assistant once for three months mm-hmm. and she was so scared to give her anything to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. She paid her anyway because <laughs> she didn't want to be accused of being bossy. It's like, but you are her boss. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? But equally... I've also done exactly the same thing, obviously on a smaller scale, 
yeah but yeah I've worked with an assistant and it was almost afraid like I felt guilty about giving her things to do and so oh my god that's her <laughs> job what and actually by not giving her the job or giving her the work I'm doing her a disservice yes yeah well you touched on exactly my thought patterns as you were saying that because I've been there and done it as well we all have but it all comes back to and this is very much to do with even with my four-step soar model, which is like owning your brilliance and you're stepping into who you are and putting yourself out there, is, is just what you said then. These All these qualities like the leadership and you're stepping into the leadership roles and I suppose on this level, it's in, encouraging women to, yeah, step up. It's all needed. We need this. It's, it's not that we're just doing it. You know, we make it so much about us and I think this is just very much a, a womanly trait that we make it all about us, we internalise it. But actually we we are doing people a disservice if we don't step up and let's say lead for one but yeah. even say making money if we're talking about it back down to hard cash you know that that the world needs that because like I say, it's good to lead with led with more compassion more yeah. going to charity that's on a bigger scale but i just love that switching mindset for anybody listening that you you what you what you do and this stepping up is actually needed absolutely and ultimately we are all just a small part of a much bigger picture and actually if we can all kind of step up in our own and you know success is different for every single person same as finance abundance like what one person's income like what they would they would feel abundant with and what they would feel successful with is very different to the next person and that's okay like you know but if we all kind of take responsibility do the work the more of us that do it, the bigger change we can have on a much bigger scale as a collective. Yeah, I love that. No pressure to anybody listening, but the world needs you. This is it. We were talking absolutely. <laughs> but you owe yourself and the world to the <laughs> yes. work. I think we just scared everybody up from stepping into this work. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's that. It is back to that need. The world's needing what you do for one, but that's what I love about Denise that she makes it so accessible. That actually we, we've just taken it up to a big scale there of that the world needs you, but bring it back down to why you're doing this now. It, can, it all comes back to your why, doesn't it? Really, whatever you need from this, you know, is it to make more impact? Is it just to reach more people? Is it to help people? For me, you know, the work I do that is to make that impact, and that is to, in a way my work releases women from not stepping into who they are back to my soul model but you know the work you do do the same we all play small don't we and that's that's another book i'll be doing on book club soon is playing big because that had a big effect on me Mm -hmm. but when you look at these books and these women that are writing them it all comes back to that doesn't it that we keep ourselves small and i think this and money mindset is another way to do it isn't it absolutely i mean money mindset is also very connected to your self-worth yeah and I mean, I do a lot of work with this, um, again, in sort of the work that I do with my energetic alignment coaching, human design. The majority of people statistically don't have a defined heart centre in their human design chart. Now, with that comes a lack of understanding what their true worth is. And this is where we need to do the work because like you were saying the work that you do with your clients is you really kind of are able to see what they bring to their business and by helping them to start owning it and stepping into their power they are then going out sharing their message reaching more people and having an impact on their clients 
And then they're taking that away to their families, their relationships, to their businesses, to their careers. And it's a ripple effect. And I don't think we truly understand what the impact of the work that we do ourselves. So I know I run a small membership and I know I'm getting more of a sense now because I do have an undefined heart centre. So I really struggle with my own understanding of my own self-worth. So that's caused me all sorts of problems with my own pricing architecture and all the rest of it. And actually the value that I give and deliver through the work that I do. But I've been working with my membership ladies now for just over a year. And the more work that I do on myself, the bigger the impact it has on them. And they have absolutely smashed it in the last two, three months. The more work I do on me, the more of an impact it has on them. And I am directly seeing that correlation. That's why it's so important. Yeah, exactly. Back from, you know, I took it up to a global level. Let's bring that back just to your circle within your business. But as you say, I suppose it is, you know, it is a global level because if that can have that ripple effect from just who you are working with right now, or, you know, let's take it onto social media, even from this podcast, you know, who are we all reaching? Even myself and you having this chat, Sarah, you know, in fact, reach out to us. We would love to know about this. You know, has it made you go and pick up the book and we know this book can pretty much change your life it's definitely changed mine you know that is that ripple effect starting to happen even just from having the chat about it today from yeah. denise releasing that book and the millions of people who have read it from her lucky bees from say the small small group of people we may work with or on a bigger scale that's listening in our audiences imagine that ripple effect if that just continues and i guess that's the disservice we talked about a few well quite a bit ago yeah. That's where it is, isn't it? You know, if we block that path back to this sort of energy and flow, if we block that, what what happens? It sort of stops the chain of I guess it is abundance, but also this this thought of what's needed in the world as well. Absolutely. I mean there's a wonderful lady that I follow called Karen Curry Parker. It's very big in human design circles. She's an astrologer. She's also she was one of the first life coaches. She qualified as a life coach over thirty years ago. Wow. Um, and what the kind of principles are of the human design that one of on her mission is that to the more people that understand themselves the more work you do on yourself the more in alignment you can be with yourself and abundant this relates to abundance to the work that you're doing if you're following your purpose and actually doing what you're meant to do it may sound selfish and we are conditioned about not being selfish massively, especially as women. But the more you are in alignment with yourself and doing the things that you're meant to do, the things that make you feel good, that raises that vibrational energy that increases that flow and it contributes to the collective. So it's not selfish to work on yourself because the more you are good as yourself, the more you are able to give. We all know the analogy of like putting your own life jacket on first, especially from a life coaching point of view. Or you can't give from an empty cup. That all refers back to doing the inner work, to doing the work on yourself. It's not selfish. It's not, especially as a mother, we know that, you know, we are conditioned generationally again to 
over give over deliver like we have to put everybody else first we are the bottom of the list but actually there's more and more research and evidence and there are some amazing women out there at the moment doing lots of work with new mothers or from the matrescence aspect because we know that actually if you focus on the mother on getting the mother in a good headspace the more emphasis on solving postnatal depression or helping women through that the happier the children are yeah it all comes down to you as an individual and it's the ripple effect of what that has then on your family and the bigger picture again Oh, I love that. And that's something in a way we're going off the off script a little bit here. Not that there is a script, but off book a little bit. But I love this because this is not something really that Denise touches on, but I guess she can't write everything in this book. She has to stick to, that's part of niching, I guess. You've got to kind of pick, stick to what you're talking about. But that is important just to really strip it back. And it almost comes back to, do you know what I do and what you do, Sarah, as well? And Sarah is going to be a guest very soon, again on this podcast, talking all about the wonder of human design. So I can't wait for that. But, you know, what you do and what I do as well, it is about getting our ducks in a row. It is very different in what we do, but it's getting that in alignment first and make sure that for you, it's checking they're in complete alignment, that they know their purpose, their why. For me, it's more in business and branding terms that they're on the right path, that they're, they're doing what they want. There's the right niche, the right message. That all, so Denise doesn't really touch on that, but actually that's going to affect this, isn't it, as well? Because if you're not, if you're not feeling that energy from the word go, yeah. even reading this book, there might also be other blocks because you're not on the right path. So I think that's something actually quite important to mention that kind of comes in hand in hand with this book. Absolutely. In it's your alignment as well. Yeah, I mean, your work especially is about getting to the root cause of the underneath the values, the beliefs, sharing the vulnerabilities. And that's part of the work, isn't it? It's about part of uncovering what those stories are for you. What is blocking your flow? What is blocking your abundance? Your ability to attract the right opportunities or draw the right clients to you, like to find those dream clients, to help them find you. If you don't do the work and do the forgiveness thing that Denise talks about in her book, sort of uncovering those little stories, and they may go back, years and years it may go back to what you thought was a really trivial moment that kind of where somebody said oh god you're so I don't know you're so in your face yeah that can just that one little thing can stop you from putting yourself forward can stop you from stepping into your power can stop you from sharing your story because you feel that people will be thinking you're too much yeah, and even linking it to this, the, that can, I said, this ripple effect going back to the, the present day then if you've not really worked through these blocks or you've not got into alignment with, with your why or your purpose. Even if things, I mean, Denise does touch on this about increasing your prices. These yeah. blocks are always going to sort of, if, if you've not dealt with that first, it's going to hit a brick wall at some point. So you can think you've worked on your mindset and you are open to receive and you're in the flow of abundance, but actually something might come up where if you've not really worked on that because... If you're doing the, if it's the wrong message or something's coming out, you're not going to feel confident charging yeah. your worth. I don't think. Absolutely. And that's a really good chapter, actually, um, around pricing, where she talks about, you know, actually price intuitively, which may sound very woo woo, but it's funny because I was doing an exercise yesterday. I, I was asked for some information around pricing a package and 
just a little bit about my process and I was laughing as I was reading this chapter because my immediate go-to was to go to a group that I am in an online membership that I'm in and ask other people's opinions and (laughs) don't do that because what you're doing is automatically finding out what other people's upper pricing limits are yeah like you're you're taking on their money stories rather than actually sitting in integrity with what you want to charge ultimately you're going to charge like charge what you want to charge charge what feels right to you and if you're just starting out and you only get like because I do um work with a lot of newbies in business if you're only going to charge like 50 quid a session if that feels okay to you do it doesn't mean have to stay there and you can just kind of go up to your pinch point and it's funny because even just myself, when I, I've been coaching for around three years now, and I only qualified, I say qualified, I certified with the ICF last year, and I got my ACC accreditation earlier this year. Mm. And just that little money story for me, like I didn't feel that I could, even though my coaching ability was great, I have up leveled it since obviously but each time I up level my coaching skills and my coaching abilities and my knowledge and expand into that I now increase my prices Mm, interesting (laughs) and it's funny because I was pricing a package yes last night and I started really low and I was like okay that feels too low I feel like I'm undervaluing myself so I increased it a little bit and I was working it out and like, okay, does that make that? To the... And interestingly, I've almost compared to, I mean, I probably spent about an hour doing this and I was like feel, really feeling into it. And I was telling myself, and it, it's great to have somebody that will question you. So I've got a husband who's very supportive and he was like, what, why are you hard? Like, so it was a pricing around child, working with children. Okay. Uh, just to put this into context and I basically more than halved it I almost like courted it to work with children and my husband was like so is the work different then and I was like (laughs) hmm no it's not he said are your skills any different I was like "Mm, no (laughs) I'm, I'm still me I'm still bringing my expertise my knowledge I'm still bringing all that to the table. So why did I feel like I had to offer it? Like, I mean, it was a ridiculous price, a ridiculously cheap price compared to what I work with, with female business owners, entrepreneurs, stuff like that. And just even reflecting on my own process um, and getting somebody to ask you the question so that you can then feel into it. Because then he was just firing numbers at me and I was kind of, okay, how do I feel about that? Oh, I feel a bit (laughs) uncomfortable. And, and just, and that chapter really, it kind of made me remember back to that chapter where it's like, actually just feel into it intuitively. If something feels, if you don't feel a little bit excited or a little bit nervous and a bit like, then it's probably too low. 
yeah i love that i love that you've got a husband that just picks up on this because <laughs> that just but that's just a perfect example that you know in myself and you've been through quite a journey where we've we've really worked on this before this book as well because like i said yeah. we've done various things together but that goes to show that it can just hit you at any moment and that's why it's so important to keep doing the work yeah. you know i'm forever saying to people about it this is more when it comes to the brand strategy side of things but actually this comes into it as well just to just journal around things it sounds quite flippant journal on it grab pen and paper but just as you said then you have to challenge yourself because especially like pricing that's a big decision there's actually when we're talking about back to what i do about positioning and how you are seen you've got to get this right gotta get right for you what you feel good with but if you put that too low based on your money stories i always say this but how is it going to look to other people i mean even thinking about that from your own point of view if you see somebody and think they're too cheap you devalue their worth. Yeah. And that's something really important to look at. Think about anybody where you've seen a big price tag. And yes, it might, even if it's out of reach right now, what does that do for that image of them? Straight away, you put them on that pedestal and you want to work with them more. So I think that's just a side note there. But I just love that. And that's a lot of work I do with people about pricing is don't go too low. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. But the thing is, and again, this kind of goes back to something that James Wedmore said, which stuck stuck with me. And he was like, do you want to be the Walmart or do you want to be like Saks on Fifth Avenue? Yeah. Like, do you, because, and Denise says it in her book, actually, so as women, naturally, we want to help everyone. That's just kind of us a lot of the time. I mean, that's a very big sweeping statement, but a lot of Uh, when you're starting out especially is you want to help everyone and you want to work with everyone and you think by making it cheaper you're making it more accessible to everyone so therefore you can help everyone but actually and I've had this myself that you by doing that actually funnily enough you can't help everyone because you have a finite amount of time and energy and after a while you will start resenting which means you then show up differently which means they're not then getting the best of you which then has an impact on the work you do with them so and that's kind of pushing you further and further into that lack that um scarcity that blocking energy whereas if you actually it's it's almost like you know the marketing campaign with Stella Artois again a few years ago and they go it's reassuringly expensive yes like you are you know like you're providing a service you trust in your own ability you believe that what you do is impactful people pick up on that energy and like you say it's like oh yeah no I really want to work with that person yeah and by putting the skin in the game by them making that investment it means that they are committing yeah and actually the more money you bring in the more people you can help by employing them by you know hiring that VA and giving them, delegating the work. Um, and the more time and energy you've got for yourself to help more people. So there's actually talking about that flow. There's um, obviously throughout the book, there's like lots of little quotes from different people that have inspired Denise and various. And there's one by Diane Garris, which says, we do not make money. We create an open pathways to the flow of the energy of money. Ooh, yeah, I like that. And that brings us back to full circle, doesn't it? What we were talking about before about the the whole idea of abundance, being open to it, watching yeah. our thoughts, surrounding ourselves with that positive energy. Back to even like just what we're talking about there, about knowing our worth, about believing in what we do, setting the prices right. This all comes together. But there's one thing that links that is it all starts with you. Yeah. 
and doing the work and I think that's that's the hardest bit I think it's easy to pick up a book like this and read it but actually applying it I don't know about you Sarah but I think that's what's been the big game changer for me I mean what about you you know so many times I've picked up a book I've read bits I've never really fully taken the action but actually this has just changed things absolutely and this is what I would say comes with a caveat this isn't a book to kind of blast through and read it in like a day and that all of a sudden you're abundant it's not about it's a slow reading book so both of us have shared that we started reading this book back in April so it's taken us a good sort of three four months to kind of but that's because we're doing the work in between it's it's and it's what she's really conscious about she's still she tells you in the book as well this is ongoing Money has always freaked me out. Yeah. I get quite anxious around it. Um, Again, going back to my hoarder type archetype, because of the money stories from my childhood, anything related to money can make me feel anxious. Like credit card bills, being in debt, like being in debt, just being overdrawn, like makes me really anxious. It doesn't mean that I'm not overdrawn. Of course I'm overdrawn. But then if I focus on it, I have a tendency to feel really anxious all the time. So it's about trying to detach from that, yeah, but not burying my head in the sand. So one of the things that's been great about the tracking app with um, that I do with Denise is actually I'm still, I know where I am financially now. But I'm also, even when I'm overdrawn and I can see money coming in, and the other thing that I've done is I actively pay myself every month. Ah, yeah. So that's a really big shift for me. And I've only started doing that since I, that's one of the actions that I started taking. So, you know, and as she mentions it as well, it's like not holding the money. So obviously I use PayPal, I use Stripe, a lot of it's online stuff. Now, Stripe does it automatically, but they transfer your money automatically into a bank account within, I've actually just activated faster payday, so it's three days now. So that money goes into my account, but PayPal, it sits there and it holds it. Mm. And one of her actionable points is transfer that money across from your PayPal account into your bank account. Because that, just even that simple act makes you feel more abundant. Yeah, I guess it's taking it away from those hoarding, men- that, that saving mentality, back. isn't it? Yeah, it's taking back your power. It's taking more ownership. And that's, I guess that's one of the big things as well, big messages from the book is like, traditionally, the husband or the father would take control of the finances. Yeah. Yeah. Which allows us, and I will fully hold my hands up and I've done this. I'm I'm good with money. Yeah. Um. But I do quite easily give my power away. Oh, interesting. <laughs> because it's easier. And if things get a bit complicated, I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I kind of will bury my head in the sand. And that this book has really shone a light on that for me. So that I would say for me, that is probably my biggest takeaway and it's not because I don't trust my husband at all. Like I absolutely 100% do. But just by taking more of an in- active interest and actually knowing and looking what's going where, I am bringing, taking back some of that power and that ownership. And yeah. that has made a massive energetic shift for me. 
yeah, I love that. There's just so many takeaways, isn't there? And I'm trying to think of one of my biggest ones. We'll, we'll come to that, actually, because we'll start to wrap it up. But one I was going to just share, actually, that I think I said right... So apologies, listeners, I do this, I go up from one. I think quite a while ago I said about two pointers that came out, and I don't think I said the second one. So I will I will say it now, cause, and we touched on it a little bit, and we've just touched there about being step-by-step, step, you know, dealing with things step-by-step, step, but also the idea of... In fact, I made a note of what actually she says. I mean, it is on the, the, about living a first-class life on the cover, but about upgrading your life now, acting rich now, whatever that means. And we've sort of touched on it, but that's something I've really been doing is just making little changes. And yeah. there's a say, she say, talks through what makes you feel poor, upgrade that. Yeah, yeah, and it might be just small things. And a little thing for me recently, what I, I've literally been tapping into this these last few weeks, is... I replaced my old running shoes and it, it's, I mean, that this, that does cost. I suppose it's not always going to be expensive. It could be buying yourself flowers. It could be having a clean house. What makes you feel rich? What makes you feel good? What what doesn't make you feel poor? So for me, it was upgrading my years and years old running trainers that had holes in them. It was even even upgrading underwear. I, had, I mean, this yeah. is, yeah, disclaimer. And I bet every woman listening will probably identify with this, especially when you become a mum. You lose all sort of, <laughs> you don't really care about your underwear anymore, but you know, yeah. with holes in them and things, you just think, oh my goodness, you know, things like that. So that's been a biggie for me. It's just that upgrading your life step by step because it all matters, doesn't it? It all comes together to make you feel rich in, in one way or the other. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And yes, the underwear does totally resonate with me. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, you know, when you get a hole in your jeans rather than trying to, you know, patch it up or kind of cover it up with longer tops or whatever it's like do you know what just buy yourself a brand new pair of jeans doesn't have to be like a 300 pound pair of jeans you can just get them for 25 30 quid yeah just make sure that doesn't it makes you look better but it's about valuing it's going back again to that self-worth you are worthy and deserving yeah of a new pair of socks that doesn't have holes in yeah it, is, it all comes back to that. I think, you know, I think every book club I've had, I think every, every every conversation I have, I think always comes back to that. It's about believing in yourself, not caring what other people think. It's that self-worth and self-belief. Exactly. I think this book is no different. If we dig so many layers back, that's kind of at the heart of it, isn't it? Yeah. So what would you say is your, let's, let's wrap it up a little bit because we've been chatting, we could say we could talk forever and I will have Sarah back very soon to talk human design. Cannot wait for that one. But yeah, what, what is your biggest takeaway from it? Have we touched on it already? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of going back to not burying my head in the sand um, for me personally and actually actually tracking the, tracking my finances would be the single biggest thing. And it's again, it goes back to like not burying my head in the sand. So rather than stressing and panicking and focusing on what I don't have, it's actually shifting that focal point on the things that are coming in yeah and that's been one of mine I think just in terms of mindset of switching to that positive energy getting out of the idea of lack I think they're the making little changes to make me just feel better and more abundant now rather than waiting you know how many of us say I will do this when yeah. I will buy this when I'm earning this but actually starting now and it has such a ripple effect and there's so many I don't think I can pick one but I think it's just helped me so much in in all areas yeah and I think as for you as well, Sarah, I think, I think there's been big changes. Definitely. I'm going to be going to look for her next book now, I think. But yeah, um, I just really like her style of writing. It's very approachable, very down to earth, like we said. It's 
and I think that's one of the things it's it's very relatable it's very achievable it's actionable and that's what makes this book so great yeah definitely I'll second all that well thank you so much that has been such a brilliant chat which I knew it would be I knew we'd <laughs> talk about this forever and ever and we'll say so you're coming back for the human design chat but also maybe we could we could do another book in the future I do have the next book Chillpreneur on my shelf oh, you? I've never read it have you got it Sarah I don't have it and I haven't read it so well, there you go that could be our next little um absolutely adventure. we could just have a Denise DT book club I think that could be just <laughs> So I think other books come close to it at the minute. They just that, that one has just been a game changer. But yeah, thank you so much for chatting today and I'll chat very soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you've enjoyed that episode and got everything that you need from it. Don't forget to check out all of the other episodes, depending on what it is that you need in your business and life at this moment in time. Don't forget to leave a glowing review and do check out the show notes for any free resources mentioned today. Plus, do come and connect with me on social media as well as my brilliant guests. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you next time.